Everything that we know as women, knowing how hard it can be, girls are mean, guys are mean, the dating thing is really, really savage. It's not actually self-love, it's self-indulgence, hoping to find love. I just know that I can't heal myself the way that Jesus can. I just can't. Hey, Hannah, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be back. Yes. Y'all don't even realize this is our second time recording this episode because when I tell you literally everything that could go wrong went wrong. It was the first time we had coffee spills, which I still have stained on my blinds. As oh, midway, when I when I look at it, I'll think of you. <laughs> Your phone overheated. Yes, it was yes. a hot mess. It was. It was. And it, what's so funny is like my phone was never. My phone never did that. It never would just overheat during a Zoom call or a podcast. It would only do that if I was laying by the pool at 115 degree weather, which is normal. And so it was like, hmm, I guess the devil definitely doesn't want this to happen, but the Holy Spirit does. And so the enemy's really trying hard to fight against this. So no matter what, we're, we're back. And we, we're, we're back. You are setting fire. <laughs> Not so much fire. It was like, hold on. Yeah. Too much. Not prepared. <laughs> uh, thank you for the coming back. And I'm excited to dive back into this conversation. Yes, me too. And I'm sure it's going to be uh, just as amazing as last time. But yeah, we're bringing everyone else up to speed is... A couple months ago now, you posted something around self-love mm-hmm. that was a little opposite of the normal messaging, and it caught my attention. Yeah. So I thought, why don't we have a conversation about this? We are very self-love heightened in our society, and go ahead and prefacing, there's nothing wrong with loving yourself. I think that's Correct. actually part of how God designed us. Like He designed mm-hmm. us fearfully, wonderfully in His image. Yeah. So there is a real component to loving ourselves. But when it's this overindulgence, like anything, if we're you know really in tune, um, anything in overabundance that is not glorifying him uh, can lead us down some tricky paths, get us in some sticky areas. So can you just go ahead and dive into what you shared and, and what led you to share it? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's, it is something that has just really been happening. I've noticed within this generation. Now, generations past, what I noticed and growing up in the church and growing up with, um, you know, around a ton of people who love the Lord very, very much. There was always really this, this idea growing up in the church that you need to forsake yourself completely and give yourself 100% to other people. And what that did to maybe my parents' generation, for example, is they so self-deprecated and they so refused to take care of themselves. And they they allowed this idea of, oh, it's only virtuous if you think about other people before yourself, which there can be some truth to that. But then they were unhealthy. And I would see people um, in my parents' generation that um, suffered physically, suffered mentally, suffered emotionally. And so that was one end of the spectrum that was being taught back whenever I was growing up. But then now you have our generation of adults where the self-love culture is so magnified that it is really not only pushing the idea of vanity and pride and self-absorption, but it also I've noticed in friendships of mine and in uh, family relationships of mine, this idea of self-love is being so just in our faces all the time. Every time we scroll through social media, self-love this, self-love that, that I've noticed that what it's doing is it's causing people to idolize their traumas 
and live in the place of constantly idolizing a victim mentality and idolizing their trauma so much that it's preventing them from experiencing the joy that Jesus can truly bring. And so that's what I've noticed is there is this this opposite end of the spectrum situation that we're going through today. And so what I've learned just by my personal relationship with the Lord and reading the word and seeing what the Lord has to say about this, really self-love isn't the answer, Jesus. That's just the bottom line. And we know this. And culture is trying so hard to push their own truths on our generation. And it's not just fostering this idea of conceit and vanity. It also fosters self-pity. I see self-pity being such a thing that people uh, really just spend so much time on in this victim mentality. But all of it only leads to misery and confusion, um, gender confusion, uh, racial tension, the rise of emotional and mental instability all across the board is what I'm seeing. And furthermore, it leads people further and further away from the actual truth, which is the word of God. And so if culture can say, hey, let's get people to idolize themselves and their past and who they are so much that they don't need God, then we've done our job. That's what they really want for us, right? And that's completely anti the word of God and not our God's best for us. It's it's just simply not. So sure, it's so obvious, Chris. Isn't it obvious that we have to take care of ourselves, right? I mean, you were talking about uh, taking a bath earlier. Like that's self-care and that's great. And of course, we need to be mindful about our physical, emotional, and spiritual health for sure. That's a given. But when you focus on Jesus first, this is what I've learned whenever I read through scripture. Focusing on Jesus first, this is what happens. When you truly know who you are in Christ Jesus, then there's zero room for self-loathing. And I think that was a lot of the comments that were under there is I, but I struggle with hating myself. I struggle with, you know, self-image and uh, body dysmorphia and all these things. I said, but when you really know who you are in Christ, there is no room for self-loathing because if you could see yourself the way he sees you, all of that junk just goes away and it goes away quickly. It's just wonderful to see that happen. And the Bible brings such balance to this aspect, right? He, it really talks about this. When the world is, um, and even certain sections of the church, they really don't give a ton of balance to this. And that's what I said I grew up in. I could see that, that was, it was completely the pendulum was swung the other direction. Um, but loving the Lord wholeheartedly first and then serving others unconditionally leads to whole, wholeness and favor. And as a result, it produces this self-confidence in you that can only come from him. And so doing it his way is always the best way. And the scripture that talks about that is that one where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. And so when you love your neighbor as yourself, that's, that's on an equal playing field here. So it means that, yes, love yourself, take care of yourself, absolutely. But when you love your neighbor also, and you do, and culture doesn't really want you to do that. They want you to really focus on yourself. They, they want this. And that's that there's no balance in that, but there is balance in the word of God. And so that's just kind of what I noticed. And what I saw, um, just even just on our social media feeds, it's just, it's a lot. First of all, you said so much there that I'm like, yes, yes, what I know into what pool are we diving in here? But you said things that really resonate with what I've been feeling, what I'm seeing, and that makes me so happy. One, because ministering and pouring your heart into things that like you want to make sure not only is this something that like Lord you're showing me and like I want to share because I want to share how good you are, but also is it prevalent to what we're seeing? Might be kind of controversial. Mm -hmm. But you said something around it, so I feel like I can say it now. Yes. Go ahead. I think that this epidemic and very much like you say, a pendulum swing from how we were in the past where we are now. This epidemic of 
self-love glorified is actually a coping mechanism for shame. Like you're saying, that self-loathing, that comparison insecurity at its root is an inability to know who we are, an inability to deal with things that we've come up against in our life, decisions we've made. And so it's almost like this, I feel um, disconnected from who I've really supposed to be. And I feel like attached to this version of the stuff I don't want. So I'm either going to like focus on loving myself even harder so I can feel adequate, I can feel secure, or I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and identify with that thing that I wish I could get rid of. I can't get rid of it. So might as well make that my personality. Right. You're saying things we're seeing of like, why is there so much confusion? Why is there so many uh, more ways to identify than there was five years ago? Yeah. When we internalize things, if we don't know how to correctly process that with the Lord, they're going to manifest as something else. And I feel like that's why we're just seeing like, I just picture, you know, the magician where he's pulling the scarves out of his hat and it's like, how many colors are there? Yeah. That's what happens when I can just be like, let me, let me remove the things I don't serve you. Yeah. You can serve me in the manner you're supposed to. Yes. There's this one quote that um, if you follow Janessa Waite, she is so cool. Oh, I love she, her. I love her so much. I think she's adorable and she's talented and she loves the Lord. So I love following people like that, just like you. She's also been on the podcast. Too. Oh, yeah, I gotta listen to that. I'm gonna go listen to that then because I like that girl. I like you too, but I really like her. So I bet y'all are a dynamic duo there. But she said she posted this this quote one time. That was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. But this is what it said: um, that we must whenever we pray. Instead of praying, God, I want more of you, which yes, of course, we want more of God in us. But instead say, Lord, I want you to have more of me. And so when we surrender things in our hearts and in our lives to where we are surrendering things and surrendering ourselves to where he can have more of us, that means that we have to get rid of some things that don't belong. Mm-hmm. And so we got to get rid of of these these things in our hearts and in our minds that that tend to try to take over. Um, so that the Lord can do what he wants to do through us and uh, live the way that he wants us to live. And I tell my friends all the time, like it's it's also one of those things where I, I have to every day take care of myself spiritually, emotionally, and, and physically. I mean, I have to. So my process with that, in order to not be a crazy person, I have to wake up every single morning and I have to read the word. Emotionally, I have to practice the fruits of the spirit and practice forgiveness so that my emotions can be uh, over the top filled with joy. And then, you know, physically going to Pilates and, you know, walking for 30 minutes or whatever it is. And that's that truly is. And the Lord talks about that all the time in the word. And, and Paul talks about it and Timothy talks about it. So there's so many people that emphasize, yes, you have to take care of your temple. You have to take care of your mind, soul, and spirit. It's like, wait, can we read the word about this first? And then maybe our lives can be a little bit more balanced. Our mental and emotional state won't just be so wackadoodle all the time. Right. Right. Yeah, because I think it gets to the point where it's not actually self-love, like it's self-indulgence, hoping to find love. And even you were talking about this a little bit, but Arden and I have been talking recently about the idea of firsts. Giving our first to God is not only like our tie, they're not only our warning, but like our intentions, like our, um, he's our first response. He's our first go-to. He's He gets the first of everything. And so I think if we can model that, even when it does come to, Lord, I'm battling this. And like, you're the first person I'm going to go to. And your word is the first thing I'm going to attach my identity to. I think when we do that and model it, 
we'll see our mental health increase. We'll see um, our anxiety cease because giving him the first, you get the blessing and you have the grace of how to navigate or even carry anything that you've been entrusted to. So I I think that's so crucial. Uh, Again, easier said than done because it has to become habitual. It has to become a pattern. Like you're saying, it has to be every day. Yes. Every instance. So yes, we can't basically summing up what we've been saying, we can't love ourselves enough to become complete. Like that only comes from God. How have you seen that ring true in your own life? I just know that I can't heal myself the way that Jesus can. I just can't love myself the way that Jesus can. And putting myself and creating myself as this golden statue, like the Israelites decided, oh, God's not enough. Well, we, hey, you know, they and they kind of went through their own like a little phase of self-love back then True. whenever they were wandering through the wilderness in Moses's time. So they decided, hey, let's build this golden calf. And, and I, I have just learned that, you know, I, I, whenever I have had moments in my life where I think, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Like I'm doing pretty great. Like, hey, look at me. Look what's going on here. That always led to a fall. Pride always led to a fall. And I always ended up right on my hiney and devastated and wondering what the heck happened here? Why did that happen the way that it happened? And so I just know now for a fact that he is the only healer. He is the only one that, and he also has way more discernment and wisdom than I do. And so even if I think that the decisions that I'm making are the right decision, or I think that uh, the path that I'm going down is the right path just because I feel it. And I think that's a huge thing too, is people go by their feelings. They're like, I feel this way. I feel like I'm supposed to do this job. I feel like I love this person. I feel like I'm this sexual identity. I feel, I feel, I feel. But our feelings, are if they do not line up with the word of God, then our feelings lie to us. And I don't want to be led by something that wants to steal, kill, and destroy me. And that's what the enemy does through our feelings a lot of times. And so when I finally realized that, that my feeling isn't necessarily the full truth, people love to say it's my truth, her truth, his truth. No, I'm sorry. There is the truth. There's perceptions. You might have a different perception than someone else, and that's a completely different thing. But the full truth is found in the Word of God. And so that's what we need to focus on is if we want to walk a, a, and have a fulfilled over overly joyful life um, at the end of the day, then it comes from Jesus. And no matter how we feel, lots of times our feelings will lead us astray. Now, you know, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are uh, in either dating or singleness season. Mm-hmm. And what would your advice be to someone, say it's a girl that is listening and she's single and she's like, okay, well, I don't want to go off that radar. Like you said, in the, on my high knee. <laughs> yes. How do I create barriers to further edify that raw? Like, how do I love myself, but also know like, oh, this is my reminder. I I might be doing it too much, or maybe I'm not even loving myself enough. What I mean, what comes to mind is like community and and how would the word, what would you say add on to that? Yeah, I feel like you hit the nail on the head when you said community, because that, that to me, whenever I look back on my single years, having an army of Christian women around me allowed me to, even in the midst of me making bad decisions, which I made plenty of them, I dated losers, and I made so many stupid mistakes that I wish I could take back. But I had these women around me that even in the midst of my mistakes, and even in the midst of me taking missteps or making weird decisions, 
I had these women still speaking love and life into into me. And I will never forget, I was dating this dude at one point, and I think I was in my early 20s, and a friend of one of my very best friends from since I was a little bitty girl, she sent me a package in the mail, and it was a devotional, and it talked about just how, uh, it, it talked a lot about self-worth, really. It was, it was a devotional on being his princess and how as a daughter of the king, you are royalty and you have to see yourself that way and you have to make decisions that emulate who you are um, in his kingdom. And so whenever I opened it, she wrote the sweetest note and said, you've got to know who you are. And when you know who you are, it'll change everything in your life. And she was very concerned about this dude that I was with. And so, of course, in that very moment, I opened that up and I just I just lost it. Like I just wept and wept. And I was just like, God, I surrender. I know that I'm not living the way that I that you want me to live in my singleness. I know that this dude isn't for me. I know that I have made so many mistakes. And so in that moment, I decided to rededicate my life to Christ. And so I I get the whole feeling of shame and the whole feeling of God, I'm 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 just too dirty to be used by God. And I felt that for a very long time. I even was, uh, this is hard to say, but when I was 17, my youth pastor took advantage of me. And so that started a whole, that was basically the beginning uh, of me making these really devastating decisions in my romantic life, if you will say, and and abuse can do that. And so it it really took a long process for me to realize, you know what, this boy isn't going to heal me from that. This decision isn't going to heal me from that. It, looking for looking for all the wrong things and people aren't going to heal me from that. Alcohol is not going to heal me from that. The only thing that's going to do that is the Lord. And so that, you know, whenever my best friend sent me that, hitting my knees right after that. And then, of course, still looking to my mentors, these women around me, this army of women that were so precious and powerful and rededicating my life to Christ, getting really involved in church, literally like, I don't know, four or five months later, my husband came into my life. And it was one of the most miraculous things that's ever happened to me, quite frankly. And so I know that in seasons of singleness, it can be lonely. It can be devastating sometimes. It can be like, God, like they're already getting married. They're already having babies and that's not even happening to me right now. Like, am I a loser? Like, (laughs) is no one going to ever want me? But I do know that the Lord always gives us the desires of our hearts. And as long as we foster a loving, intimate relationship with our Savior, He's going to fulfill those desires somehow, some way. So I do know that. Amen. And I just want to thank you for for sharing. Yeah. Um, I do wonder how many people enter into a heightened self-love because they have either been taken advantage of or they've never even heard that they are loved or are lovable. And if that's you listening, I, I mean, just knowing Hannah, I would never know that about her. But she radiates joy. And I just want to give you permission to enter this healing and remind you, you are not what you've done. You are not what's happened to you. There is hope and joy and restoration, redemption in Jesus Christ. I mean, and, and thank you for living that out, yeah. being a, a testament of what he can do. Yeah. I would love to know, and in closing, as a mama to a daughter, how do you, knowing what you do of um, putting words in your mouth, but like a sense of brokenness and a sense of wholeness. How do you instill that in her from a young age and just remind her of her worth? Mm-hmm. That's something that I constantly talk to her about. And so one of the things that I pray over the kids every single night, especially my daughter, and I started this with with my daughter, is is I pray this specific prayer. I said, Lord, I thank you for Lace. I thank you that she's full of compassion, full of wisdom, and full of cheer. 
I thank you, Lord Jesus, that she'll fulfill every plan and purpose that you have for her to further your kingdom. I thank you that she's, and I just list all these wonderful things that she is. And I say, I pray she sleeps all night long and that you cover her with the blood of Jesus from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And so it's a repetitive thing that I have said to her every single night since the day she was born. And so obviously with a mama's prayer and a daddy's prayer, her daddy does the same thing in a daddy's prayer. And we have the most amazing mothers that have spoken life into her and then obviously putting her in in situations where she's around godly women um, in church and uh, in this wonderful school that she's at that that prays and, and talks to them about the Lord. Um, so those those are just so, so vital and imperative. And as a mom and as a mom to a daughter, knowing everything that we know as women, knowing how hard it can be as a woman, it can be really, really tough. Girls are mean. Guys are mean. The dating thing is really, really savage. Like it's all of it's really hard. Yeah. And there's so many emotions and hormones that go along with it. So being a woman can be very tough and raising a daughter that is going to evidently, you know, eventually go through those same exact things. You have a little bit of a head up here and you have a heads up of what's what's to come. And so in preparation for that personally on a personal level, you as the mama spend the time with the Lord, you as the mama Make sure that you are allowing your daughter to see you read the word of God more than you're allowing her to see you drink a glass of wine. You need to make sure that there is a balance there to where she sees and wants to emulate that same exact example. And is it going to be pretty as they grow up? No, they're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. I have to apologize to her all the time for silly things that I say and do and losing my temper. And so acting as a, you know, being humble myself and not taking on this, like, I'm more powerful than you, girl. You got to just listen to me. But when I mess up saying sorry so that she knows, like, you know what? None of us are perfect, but we love each other. And so I want her to feel like she can always come to me with things that even maybe she might feel way too ashamed to say to anybody else. The research I have done on shame, that alone right there, having a safe space to process and recalibrate this is so vital. And so I just know your your little girl is in great arms being with you. And I appreciate the way that you have intense love for the Lord, um, depth of wisdom, and amazing humor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so if y'all don't follow Hannah already on Instagram, that's where we first connected. She just I mean, your photo of itself is like the laughing, crying emoji. Yeah. It's a great one. Did you channel? How I love it. Do you want to know something funny about that, though? So so I've got a devotional coming out next March. And so we were going to we were going to include this 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 picture. I was going to have this laughing emoji in front of my face because the devotional itself is kind of like a humorous, like joyful devotional learning how to find joy. And so I was it was it was going to be this photo of, of the laughing emoji with me holding it and it was adorable we had the cover ready to go it was like so exciting and then the Duggar documentary came out and the Duggar documentary the cover photo for it is all of those 19 kids that shiny happy people with laughing happy emojis all over their face and so dadgummit we had to completely nix that cover and do something different and so I was like well you know what I still like this picture so it's just gonna be on my Instagram I guess and just not on the cover of should book like people don't know this as much but like the book world everything is like years behind the release there's no overnight uh, no i say no generally there's not the overnight like just create it and it's out like no you oh god and then a split there's things i've written about where i'm like well 
that's no longer accurate, but it's yeah. okay. I, I know. We got to start from the scratch and that's okay. Yeah. Another four years. I hope you found a cover that you really love. We did. Yes, <laughs> we did. <laughs> then the devotional comes out March 2024 and it is called Goodness Gracious. As a Southern woman, I can so appreciate that title. Yeah. People want to connect with you. They want to hear more. They want to see these videos we're talking about. Where can they connect with you? Yes. Find me on Instagram. It's at hannahcruz.blog. I've also had this super guilty pleasure with threads since threads has come out. So really, you can find me anywhere, really. And it's cruise, C-R-E-W-S. Yes. Like a boat crew with an S on it. Yes. Yes. All aboard. Well, thank you so much. I've thoroughly appreciated this conversation even the second time around i was tuned in the whole time and so i know people will be too that's awesome i just love you you're the best